Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2. I am going to be talking about Procurement Method Selection. Welcome to Transforming Procurement Podcast with Lourdes Koss, the show dedicated to help procurement professionals in their transformation journey. Lourdes believes that procurement professionals have the potential to add great value by becoming the best version of themselves. Hello, friends. It's Lourdes Koss here. Second season podcast um, episode number two. Excited to be doing this and that you tuned in. Before I jump into today's topic, let me first say thank you to those of you who attended Live to Lead 2021. And thank you to our sponsors, NIGP, Equal Level, and Think, Act, and Transform Retreat, happening in Puerto Rico, May 11th through 15th. Live to Lead 2021 was phenomenal. This year, the NIGP Leaders Edge program participants were in attendance and got to experience the awesome lineup of, of speakers. Before I began hosting the Live to Lead event, I attended the event myself, and I have to say, it never disappoints. The speakers took us on a journey where we laughed, we cried, and we were inspired. We got some good nuggets on leadership. And, you know, the thing is that it doesn't take a lot. We just have to be intentional about our actions, about our intentions. And you can start right where you are. That's when we talk about leadership, right? Sometimes we need a reminder that we should forget about ourselves long enough to care about others. How can you know we add value to others and what can we do to contribute to their success? If you missed Live to Lead 2021, there's still an opportunity to participate either on the official rebroadcast date on November 19th, starting at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, or you can now purchase an on-demand pass. It's like a three-day pass where you start when you want. Um, it can't get any easier than that. So I'll put the link on the show notes so that you can take a look at it. Now, to the topic of today. I have been talking to several people about procurement methods lately, so I decided to do an episode or maybe a series on procurement methods. If you are a leader, I recommend that you make sure that your team understands how and when to use each procurement method. Many of you know that I spent two decades of my career leading transformations in large organizations. And uh, one of the things I looked for uh, was the consistency of the procurement method application. And how were those decisions about the method made? It is interesting that sometimes people think that this is simply a preference, uh, a preferential choice. Choosing the procurement method um, has to do with what is most efficient 
for a particular solicitation for the agency and what does the law re uh, require. Many times jurisdictions have legal requirements that um, maybe did not contemplate the many circumstances that one can encounter when procuring goods, uh, goods and services. If you are constantly having to get creative to comply with juris your jurisdiction's legal requirements or policy requirements, consider revising the policy or legal requirement. And how you choose the procurement method sometimes even has to do with, with the person um, and the process that they're most familiar with, um, perhaps you know, not the best uh, for the situation. And that is something that requires consideration. This is like um, that saying, if, you, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? But as procurement professional um, in your organization, this is one of the ways you can gain that seat at the table. Develop the expertise in knowing when to apply which method and why. Sometimes a bid offers everything you need for a procurement and uh, you get good results for the organization. So I encourage you to reflect for just a moment about how you decide what method to follow. Is it because the end user wants it? Is it because it's what's always been done or the way that's always been for that particular um, type of procurement, that's the way it's been done before? Or um, maybe that's what you feel comfortable with or your manager feels comfortable with? Um, is it because it puts you at the center of the process and gives you more um, exposure? Or is it because after analyzing what's required, you've made a conscious decision of what's the best for the organization and complies with the laws and policies of your organization? Do you understand the purpose of the procurement? Or is it one of those procurements on your um, list of things to do? As a procurement professional, you want to provide that expertise to your organization. And I encourage you to, to do that. Take charge of your knowledge in, in this area and execute accordingly. Sometimes we let others dictate what we should or shouldn't be uh, doing in our area of expertise, and we end up frustrated. Mainly because if it doesn't work, it's still procurement's fault. I generally took the position that if I'm going, if I'm going down, <laughs> it, it was not going to be because I followed the path of least resistance. Whether people agreed or, uh, with me or not, I looked at my job as a responsibility that I took very seriously. And providing my expertise is the area um, in the area of procurement was what my responsibility called for. And as such, that was exactly what I was going to do. Some liked it and others didn't. 
those that didn't generally had in the past the ability to influence the path that procurement traveled, even though it was not in their area of expertise. Looking back, I am sure that I did not make friends with people that wanted to impose their way. But I also knew that no matter what path I took, the outcome was going to be my responsibility as far as the process. So are you the expert in the field and in your organization? The expert when it comes to the procurement process? If so, then that is exactly what you want to do. You want to provide that level of expertise in your organization. What method is best to deliver the outcome? And by outcome, I mean to deliver a supplier that can meet the goals of the project. The reason why the agency went out for the procurement um, you know, that, that purpose, um, that goal that, that moved the, the, the agency to, move, to go through the procurement process to begin with. In my book, Procurement Methods, Effective Techniques, I talk about procurement method selection. I recalled some time ago, early in my career in procurement, the agency was involved in a lawsuit because they decided to follow a procurement method that was not in compliance with the regulations. A procurement should have uh, been bid at that time, and instead an RFP was issued. I am sure that there were good reasons. I was not that involved in, in the situation. I just knew peripherally, peripherally um, about the situation. But perhaps um, they were not... Uh, clearly articulated, you know, whatever the reasons were in this RFP, at least enough to deviate from the bid method or, or to justify that. This jurisdiction was required to do a bid unless the conditions for doing so were, uh, were not met. This event got imprinted in my brain as to the seriousness of selecting the right method of procurement. That's, um, you know, that is not a, uh, a, a capricious or preference act. The method selection has to be in compliance with the regulations of the jurisdiction that, that you're, uh, under which you're operating, the policies and the best practices. It is not a matter of cutting uh, and pasting scope into a different format. It is much more than that. Because I had that background as a reference, I want to say that it was not a procurement um, that I handled, but you want to learn not just from your own mistakes, but from the experience of others. In this particular jurisdiction, if the solicitation was adaptable to competitive bidding, it had to be bid and still has to be bid because the regulation is still the same. The exception, the exception comes when all the conditions cannot be specified, or there could be uh, a variant in the quality based uh, on the experience. 
But if the minimum requirements can be established, where there are several suppliers that can compete, then the remaining variant is the price. And the key uh, there is establishing the minimum requirements. That doesn't mean that you are going to get poor quality if you conduct a bid. If the outcome is poor quality, that means that the specifications were not complete that the minimum requirements were not really established. Only those that meet the minimum requirements get to be stacked and the bids compared. Otherwise, it is comparing apples and oranges. Now, the bid is the simplest route if you can establish the minimum requirements for a satisfactory outcome. Choosing any other method means that you are unnecessarily overcomplicating the process and going to, uh, through a longer route without the need to do so. Sure, some people may want to have more flexibility in the selection process, but that is not transparent. To be transparent and fair means that everyone, meaning suppliers, have a, a, chance, to, a chance of being successful. There are no hidden uh, criteria in the process. Everything is out in the open. In my years of experience, um, there had been, or there have been bids that were apparently low. However, once the responsibility check was conducted, they did not meet the minimum requirements. And therefore, they were not considered in the stacking of prices um, and remove uh, from the price stacking in that sense. So the bid was rejected. The price um, is irrelevant if they don't meet the qualifications and capacity to perform the work successfully. I have also walked into an agency and faced with a dilemma that they were um, then contemplating they conducted an RFP, and the proposer with the highest points was not really deemed qualified. Now, how can this happen? There perhaps um, the method selection was not correct, but um, or, or maybe the maybe it was maybe the method was correct, but they perhaps had a faulty evaluation process. I'll get into the evaluation process in a future episode, but wanted to make a point that it is not enough to have the right method. There are some key components that must be present in each procurement regardless of the method. For example, this I found generally happens in, in IT-related projects. People are added to the evaluation committee after the RFP is developed and advertised. Proposals are received, and now the committee is evaluating the proposals received. You will see people start making up criteria and the reasons why they rated a particular firm lower than others or higher. And all of a sudden, the committee is pulling in different directions. What I found is that generally 
This happens when the solicitation does not clearly state the goals or the goal that um, it is trying to achieve by going through the procurement in the first place. Even though the comments and evaluation ratings were correct, you have to give the evaluation committee some context. And that all starts in the solicitation. You can help keep the evaluation committee focused by establishing the goals of the procurement up front in the solicitation. So that said, I see establishing goals as a requirement, as a way to kind of give context and focus to the vendor community and to the evaluation committee. This is something that procurement professionals should be looking for in the solicitation document. So it starts with understanding what the goal is up front and then determining the right procurement method. I will be doing a series on, on this because now that I'm on the other side, I get to see the relevance of the procurement role as a way to help organizations be more efficient and successful when it comes to procurement matters. So I get to see that from the other side. And I'm going to uh, reiterate um, here the importance of establishing the goal of the procurement as a way to provide context to, uh, for everyone involved. And the importance of selecting the right method uh, to make the process more efficient and more effective, um, and in the context of, of course, of that uh, jurisdiction. So um, that's all I have for today. <laughs> okay, my friends, that's uh, that's a wrap. Remember to check out uh, the links on the show notes for Live to Leave uh, 2021. Think, Act, Transform a Retreat in Puerto Rico. I will be leading that retreat, and I hope that you join me. If you've never been to Puerto Rico, great opportunity to uh, work on your, uh, your goals and your next step to success. I am also uh, including the link to my free leadership newsletter. If you have not subscribed, um, perhaps you may want to consider do doing so. That's it for now. Until next time, be well, my friend. Until next time, add value, grow, and transform.